Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early Welcome to dawn American Roots Outdoors, your host, Alex Rutledge, along with my producer, co-host, Redbone Mike Crace. We're in the studio today, and Redbone, the rut is full force here in the Midwest. Uh, yes, and it doesn't matter where you're going in the Midwest, everybody says the same thing. Yeah, you're seeing bucks pushing does. I've actually been observing and watching bucks guarding does for the last five days. Really? So That's they good. some of these bucks are on lockdown, and they're guarding does. So the secret right now to closing the deal is finding the particular buck you want to harvest, kill, and know where he's staying with that hot with that hot doe. Yeah, because you're gonna have you're gonna have to get close to the bedroom. Got to get close to the bedroom where they're spending their time. And this comes in by using trail cameras, mm-hmm. observing, glassing, watching. There's still some bucks that's still cruising, but most of the bucks I'm seeing cruising now are all small, young bucks, three and a half years old and younger. Right. The bigger bucks are locked down pretty much in southern Missouri. Okay. So that means, uh, you know, you're just going to have to stay with them. You're going to have to wait for them to need to go eat or need to go to water. Yeah. Know where they're betting at. If you can find out where they're betting at, if you're hunting open fields, woodlots, et cetera, and you got to have the wind right blowing from them to you. Right. And sometimes you can rattle them out of their betting areas with those because he's aggressive, dominant, and that's a technique that works very well. It doesn't work every time that works very well. Grunting and rattling can sometimes cause him to come out to the edge of the woods to get that shot for these rifle hunts. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Is, uh, it, would grunting be a good tactic right now? And I would assume that it would. Yes, it, oh, it is. It is. Uh, again, I want to say it doesn't work every time, but right. if you've got a very aggressive, protective, dominant buck, uh, you can pull him away from does. If anybody's watched any of my footage that's listening from previous years, uh, I, I killed a, a three-and-a-half, four-and-a-half-year-old eight-point one time in Kansas that was with three does, and I called him in over 400 yards, and he come to 100 yards of me and went into another side pocket food plot to the right of me, and he stayed there, and we watched him film him over an hour. Wow. Then finally, they moved back to the cut bean field we was in, and I snort, sniffed, wheezed, and grunted him into 15 yards and then uh, closed the deal, and he done the chicken right there at 25, <laughs> 30 yards. All right, so, Alex, I mean, I mean and, and I understand you're talking about, you know, big, mature bucks that are locked down. Now, for the folks that, you know, are just wanting to hunt, they want to put some meat in the freezer yeah. and, and don't care about killing a big, mature buck. I mean, we're, we're sitting, you're still sitting up on trails, pinch points. I mean, where those does are going to cross, those bucks are going to be chasing them. Yeah, exactly. I, I think what we're seeing, and and uh, I'm seeing less deer than I've seen last year. Hmm. I am. Uh, I'm not seeing as many bucks. I'm not seeing as many does as I've seen. Now, early in the year, I was seeing a bunch of does. Right. So what you're seeing is we, we had a better acorn crop than most people, I think, in southern Missouri. And these deer are spending a lot of time in the woods eating acorns. Most of the deer that I have seen are staying in the edge of the woods, and they come out in the food plots very little. See, and that's exactly the word that I got. And I had Jason Langston, an MDC agent on my show earlier this week, mm-hmm. on my regular show, and uh, he said that uh, at MDC they really anticipate a below uh, average deer kill this year. 
said there'll be less deer killed because of the acorn crop statewide. He said it is unbelievable amount of acorns everywhere, and a lot of folks don't like to go hunt in the woods. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, my advice to our listeners here across the country, no matter where you're at, uh, if you've got an acorn crop, you need to focus on the woods or focus on the pinch points that's leading from one wood lot to another because that's where the bucks are going to cross and right. seek and, and chase and push. Uh, now, there is deer coming into open food plots eating clover and eating some of the eagle seed smorgasbord. Sure. But not as many as I was seeing earlier in the year. So focus on the woods. Uh, go into these uh, big wood timber lots, and you can find where all these ridges all run into a hollow. All these points go together. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to set up. Keep in mind, you're going to have to give up one of those ridges if the wind's not in your favor. <laughs> right, so, and that's and that's the whole thing about hunting a ridge is you got to play the wind there. Exactly. And another thing you could do if you're hunting the woods and say you're traveling a ridge and you find a narrow spot in that ridge where the ridge gets real narrow and you're traveling a logging road, those are great spots to close the deal on a big mature buck or any deer. Yeah. Oh, very good. All right, so, um, uh, but boy, it is here. I mean, as this show airs uh, in most of our stations on Saturday morning, I mean, the hunters are in the woods right now. And you know what's kind of exciting about it, Alex, is is the majority of the deer that are killed are going to be killed today. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, before, you know, when the gun season comes in here, no matter what state you're in, right. it causes total chaos. All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. all these vehicles, these ATVs, all these noises, most of these deer are going to go to their safe houses. Yeah, They're going to go to a safe place that they feel it's a sanctuary. And uh, if you know where any sanctuary is at, it's a great place to be when you have all this hunting pressure that's going to be around you. So keep that in mind. And, uh, again, you will be successful if you can find these places. I got to tell you a funny story. I know we got to take a break here in just a couple of minutes. A funny story. I was talking to the landowner that owns the land that I hunt on. And he said, he said, you know, down there in that bottom by that creek? I said, yeah. He goes, you know that old piece of machinery I got down there? I said, yeah. He goes, it's been sitting down there for about five or six years now and hasn't moved. He said, I think that'd make a great deer stand just to climb up on top of that thing because the deer are used to seeing it there now. Exactly. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking in my head, okay, well, you know, I only put my, my blind up about 25 or 30 yards from there anyway. I might as well get up in the air. And it puts me right along a creek bank and a food plot that is to the right. Is there a flat surface there? Yeah. Well, set your blind up there on the flat well, that's, surface. Well, it's not that, that, it's not that big of a flat surface. But, it, but they're, they're, it's got a seat on it. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> you need to use some kind of blind material, though, even though you're up there, yeah. to, to block your movement. Yeah, you know? well, exactly. But I know people that takes these platform, flat platforms, and they'll set regular ground blinds, fold up ground mm-hmm. blinds, and make it stationary. And they get in it. Oh, and, yeah. And they're hit, and they can get away with movement. That's why I love hunting shooting houses. You can get away with movement. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm self-filming all the time, and uh, I need every advantage I can get when I'm self-filming. <laughs> Have you seen the picture that's on Facebook of uh, the guy that was talking about times are hard, but I wanted a ground blind? So he had a... Uh, a box like a refrigerator comes in, and he'd put that up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want, I want to read you something before we go to a break here. I had a, uh, a Facebook message from a girl uh, that was sharing a story about her hunt with her husband. Okay. I don't know if you saw that yet, but it's on the American so. Roots page. And I'm telling you, it's it's pretty funny. And she's talking about you can go there and see it. And she's talk actually talking about 
her husband sitting there eating peanuts, drinking a soda, <laughs> making all the noise, burping, passing gas, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. Then this buck comes up, and she shoots him, and he don't go 50 yards. <laughs> but it's a pretty cool story. Go to the American yeah. Roots Outdoors with Alex like Rutledge and listen to it. Everybody, we got a great show lined up for you guys. We have special guest here on this radio talk show and podcast show, Mr. Whitetail. Larry Wysoon, one of my mentors really? from Texas. This guy's a deer biologist. He's one of the most famous whitetail hunters in the world, in the nation. He's going to be coming up, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors right here. Take it to a field across the creek up a big old hill Year after year got my Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends and my producer in the house, Redbone Mike Crace. And on the line, we have Mr. Whitetail, legendary whitetail hunter, one of my mentors, a man that I've always looked up to. I've done many seminars with him at the same uh, areas, the same shows, promotions. This guy is a true gentleman. And uh, I've got to become good friends with him. And you're going to learn some things here in this segment about Larry Wysoon and his American roots. Welcome to the show, Larry. I am so honored to be on the show with you. I'll tell you what, it's it's been way too long since we've had an opportunity to visit. And after that uh, introduction there, I'm going to have to really step up high. <laughs> I need to keep up close to what you were saying there. So, but thank you, and I'll do my best. <laughs> well, you're, you're a true scholar and a gentleman and a Southern gentleman. You know, we got inducted into the Legends of the Outdoors National Hall of Fame at the same time, and I'll never forget what you said. And I'm not saying this for attention to me, but it made me feel so good because I've always looked up to you. You said, folks, and I just got done speaking. He goes, this is the tough act to follow right here. Alex Rutledge is such an eloquent speaker. And I thought to myself. You were and you are. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Larry. And let's get this thing started. But let's talk about Larry Wysoon's American Roots. You went to college at Texas A&M and. You're, you're born and raised a Texas boy. Let's talk about that as a kid growing up and your parents, your family roots. I was I was very fortunate. Kind of grew up out in the country in, in a little German-speaking community called the Zimmerzeit. And to be very frank with you, I could barely speak English until I started school. My dad and, and his folks spoke German. My mom and her spoke her folks figured out here a second, folks spoke uh, low German. And so, I mean, I could understand English, but I couldn't really understand it. So... The fact, too, that I had kind of grown up out in the woods. I mean, we lived far enough out of town, about 12 miles out of town, and I could just go out anytime I wanted to. Had a maternal granddad that used to come by and pick me up every morning, and when squirrel season was open, we'd go squirrel hunting, and when squirrel season wasn't open, we'd go fishing. And so when I finally started, oh, my gosh, finally started grade school, I literally thought I'd died and gone to hell, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> For the first time in my life, you know, there was... You can't get up and run outside whenever you want to, because my mom and dad both very much encouraged my, you know, doing that. And so that's kind of where my roots came from. My dad initially worked in the oil field, and, he, and also we were in, in the chicken business, the hog business, and cattle business. And 
but dad loved hounds and horses, so we had a lot of horses. We also had a whole lot of hounds, and he ran coons, and also had some beagles. So on Saturday and Sunday, when the deer season wasn't open, uh, that's when we ran beagles in the afternoon on the creeks of the cottontails and swamp rabbits. So literally just kind of grew up out in the woods and kind of always knew that I wanted to do something in the outdoors. And too, back when I, when I was a little bitty, uh, my mom would read to me out of pages of, of outdoor life, sports and field, and, and uh, field and stream that one of my uncles subscribed to. And when my dad was working at night, she, even though she didn't like reading a whole lot, uh, she would sit there and read stories to me about hunts in different parts of the world and different parts of North America. And all that really just kind of instilled in me, instilled within me a desire to, you know, one day travel and try to experience some of the things that I heard about when I was a little bitty child. Wow. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. You know, there's a lot of people that uh, can uh, connect with that. Yeah, I can relate to that, I mean, especially in our neck of the woods in southern Missouri, north Arkansas. That's why Mr. Whitetail, Mr. Lerweissen, is so popular yeah. because he said, you know, <laughs> listen to him. I'm serious. Listen to him talk. You know, I mean, you can relate. You can almost see everything he's talking about, you know. And, uh, man, what a great story yeah. of his roots. Well, I can see them well, beagles running them big old swamp you know, rabbits for sure. I was just going to say, I was so fortunate as you guys came along at the right time when when uh, we don't have some of the things we're faced with these days and grew up out in the country and grew up with an appreciation of wildlife and the habitat, which was instilled to me all the way along. And, you know, you, we grew up with guns, and every gun that we had was loaded, even though there wasn't any ammunition in it. <laughs> but you treated every gun with something that was loaded. And the animals that you took, you ate, and the animals that you took, you were very respectful of. And the people you around, you were respectful of. And sometimes I, I kind of miss seeing that in these days. Yeah, you know, we, we're seeing the same thing. And, uh, you know, the society we live in today, the, the, the left, I'm going to say it, the left does not understand because they've never experienced what you and I and our listeners have experienced. And they don't understand why we we have faith. They don't understand why we can't wait to get up at 3.30 in the morning and uh, get ready to go out and turkey hunt or deer hunt or predator hunt, whatever it may be. They think it's inhumane. But these same people, and I'm going to get up, be on a soapbox here for a second, are the same one that's, <laughs> <Please do. laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's got the Gucci purchase, purses. I guess that's a purse. Uh, leather <laughs> purses that's made from cattle or whatever. And, you know, but it's, that's okay. You know, but they want to gripe about the lifestyle we live, and they, they mouth us because of our conservative values, which I know you're conservative and you're you're a man of faith. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you're from Texas. You got to be. But anyway, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, but anyway, we, we've got to fight for our rights as outdoors people. Uh, we're under attack, you know, and the left. I'm gonna say it. The left. Uh, just has no touch with what, what we're experiencing or what we're trying to do. It's in our roots to have faith. It's in our roots to love our family and our neighbors and our friends and to stand up for our constitutional rights, our given rights. And in God, we trust. Take that left. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, you're right. The unfortunate thing is, and then we'll get on to something yeah. else. Yeah. But the, the unfortunate thing is so many people are now removed from the land. They no longer have a connection with the land. They, you know, if you ask where the food comes from, it comes from the grocery store. Yeah. You know, they don't realize it. And they don't realize that when you get right down to it, that essentially all life on Earth depends upon the death of something else. Mm-hmm. And either it's done directly, such as we do if we harvest a, a deer or a turkey or go out and catch a mess of fish, or, you know, if they go to the grocery store. 
You know, something had to die so that they have food, and that includes the vegetables that they eat. Unfortunately, they don't understand that, and, you know, maybe through, you know, opportunities like these, they will take the opportunity rather to listen to guys like you and, and a bunch of other people out there to just kind of get a better feeling about this, what this entire world is about. Oh, my gosh, would it be a better place? Be a much better place. And, you know, Larry, uh, one of the real story I remember seeing on social media, there were two uh, women who were protesting milk. <laughs> They were, in, they were in the grocery store, and they were promoting almond milk. And their sign said, drink almond milk so no more cows are harmed harvesting their milk. And, and this goes how along. Many poor little, how many poor little almonds had a diet? <laughs> oh, that's good. You know, now a deer can't eat. With, with, with some, I used to love to argue with some of the, the uh, anti-use uh, people. And, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they'd say, I can't believe you. You know, you go out and you'll, you'll catch a fish and, you know, cut it up and eat it or, or an animal or deer, turkey, quail, dove, turkey, you know, anything. And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, yeah, you know, I said, at least my things that I eat, I've had the opportunity to experience life. I said, what do you eat? And they go, well, eat beans. And they, I said, beans? I said, oh, my gosh, that's an embryo. That's an embryo. It hadn't even had an opportunity to experience life. You're destroying life before it even has a chance to, to experience life, you know. And some of them just kind of go right over the top of their head. And then they say something like lettuce. I said, oh, my God. I said, have you ever torn a bit of lettuce apart? And you see all that little green stuff, the green, green clear thing? That's lettuce blood. And, again, some people, that just go right over their head. And others, thankfully, there were some that, you know, went, wait a minute. You know, I had never really put it in that perspective. And, you know, and then I'd go into my little right. spiel about, hey, if you're on Earth today and you're alive, you're here because a lot of things died so you could be. Absolutely. All right, Alex, we need Bottom to go to right. <laughs> Everybody, you're listening to Mr. Whitetail, Larry Wysoon. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends right here, right now. Mike, where did you get the American Roots Outdoors hat and shirt? Those are cool. Well, I got them online, believe it or not, and you can too. Anybody could if they're online. Absolutely. It's not a big deal. www.americanrootsoutdoors.com Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends and Redbone. What a great guest we have and what a great story about Larry Wysoon's American Roots. Absolutely about his American Roots. But you know, Alex, people that are listening to this show right now probably have spent the biggest part of their morning so far, since the show airs mostly on Saturdays, not seeing a deer. Yeah. So we need to get some information from Larry, what we can do this afternoon to see a deer because it's first day of gun deer season in Missouri. Yeah, what advice have you got for our listeners? And and I want everybody to know, Larry has his own show, Larry Wysoon Outdoors. And Larry, if you want to make a a plug for your sponsors real quick, who are your sponsors? I I do. Our show is called DSC's Trailing the Hunter's Moon. We're on Pursuit Channel. And our primary sponsor is the Dallas Safari Club, which is the world's finest hunter conservation organization, Ruger, Hornady, uh, Trigicon, Ripcord, there's there's several others out there. Ripcord, the insurance company, uh, Sitka Gear is very kind to us as well too, and, and uh, got a few others out there as well too that we deal with on a daily basis. But I want to get back to the, this best advice thing, and I appreciate the opportunity to give a plug. Like I said, they can also you know see us on oh gosh, well, I'm thinking about Facebook and a whole bunch of the Instagram, Twitter, TV uh-huh. show. Yeah. But 
to get back to your question, what's the best advice? I can put it in two words. Yeah. You know what they? You want to know what they are? I know what they are, but go ahead. <laughs> go hunt. That's right. That's right. Go, go hunt. Go hunt. The, the thing about it is, I mean, seriously, it, over the years, I've learned that you, I'm, I'm, with a typewriter or now with a uh, computer, I've shot a lot of deer in my office. <laughs> <laughs> but you get outside of that to where you got the real experience. You know, to me, you got to get out and hunt. Uh, and, and it makes no difference whether you're hunting a place that's loaded with deer or, or a place that just has very few deer. Just learn to be patient. You know, take advantage of, of what you can in terms of what you can learn from other people, from the people that you're hunting around. But then don't look for an excuse not to go hunting. You know, it's raining. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to get wet. It's too cold. No, I just can't find enough clothes. It's too hot. You know, the how the moon's wrong. The sun's wrong. All those kind of things. You know, forget about all those kind of things and go out and hunt because one of the things that I learned over the years, too, as a wildlife biologist of, of working with a lot of different ranches and running ranches and spending a lot of time hunting, that deer is individuals as everybody out there. That that one animal that you're looking for that maybe has a great big set of antlers or, you know, has got a great big rib mm-hmm. <laughs> on his back where his, his, uh, his back straps are, he may be that animal that likes it when it's hot, when it's supposed to be cold or when it's cold when it's supposed to be hot or when it's raining or snowing when it's, when it's supposed to be clear kind of thing. So, you know, me, you just got to get out there and look and, uh, and then be observant. My dad used to drop me off at a, at a little, we used to call them oak patches before we call them food plots. And, uh, when I was just a little bitty kid, and he'd leave me there, and the last words he'd tell me is, now, son, stay awake. Well, he didn't mean not go to sleep. That was his way of saying to pay attention. You know, don't be daydreaming about everything else. You know, pay attention to your surroundings so that when something does happen, you can see it and you can respond. Good stuff. That is good stuff, and I, and I think, uh, you know, if I get the gist of all this, and, and Larry and, and Alex, too, I'll ask you, too. Sometimes I think we—, we and we do this throughout life. We overthink and we we yes. we complicate things when they don't need to be. I agree. I agree. We do that, uh, you know. But there's a system to success, Larry. And, and you know, go hunt is the first step. Go out there and go hunt. Right. But you know, right now here in the Midwest, and uh, we're talking to people all over the United States right now through our podcast, right, and our our downloads, but. When they're locked down, what advice have you got for our listeners when the bucks are locked down? Then I'm going to ask you another that's question. Probably, that, that's probably the hardest time and, and with that rut going on. But here's the deal is when those kind of things happen, one of the things that I try to do is to hunt all day long. Uh, and I, the reason I hunt all day long is because a lot of times if that deer is locked up with a doe, there may be a buck that starts roaming around, and all of a sudden, you know, he, he bumps into the buck that's got the doe, and he's going to cause that buck to stand up, and that doe may take off running. So, mm-hmm. to me, it's, it's again, it goes that business of, of go hunt, being out there during all the day of the time, because during that daytime, sometime those deer are going to get up and move just a little bit, regardless of the weather, regardless of whether they're locked down with does or whatever. So, uh, you know, to me, hunting middle part of the day, I've actually shot some of my biggest rack deer during the middle part of the day, particularly when there's been a full moon and we're kind of on the tail end of full moon right now, mm-hmm. or when there's been no moon. And those two times, it just always seemed like I've had much better success of seeing big mature bucks from about 10 o'clock to about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, whether they were locked down with does or whether they were just out roaming or they were hungry. Either way, I mean, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of difference, but that midday, to me, is one of the best times that you can possibly hunt, particularly when the moon phase is right. 
Awesome, awesome. My next question is great information, Red Bull. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. My next question is uh, talking about ammunition, talking about different calibers. Rifle season's here coming up this weekend. Uh, we're recording this on a Thursday, and we distribute it to the networks and our podcast here in the next day or two. Uh, what is your favorite caliber? And Hornady is your sponsor. Hornady's my sponsor. And, man, I believe in Hornady. Uh, they, they give so much money back to different organizations to protect our rights as gun owners and our Second Amendment. What is your favorite caliber for whitetail? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up because I just saw something the other day that Sheriff Jim Wilson posted something about, oh, my God, nobody can kill a deer anymore unless you shoot the 6.5 six, six creature. <laughs> and which is, which is certainly, and I have certainly shot deer with it. 6.5 Creedmoor, and I've, I've had the opportunity to shoot deer with kind of muzzleloader and, and shoot a lot of pistols, or handguns rather, and then same thing with rifles. You know, if it came right down to it, I've, I've got numerous favorites like those 7x57, which is very similar to 7, uh, uh, 708 that I know you like. Oh, I like. Uh, you know, and the 270 is good, and the 300 Win Mag is good. You know, I guess it came down to picking one, one caliber, one round, to use primarily for for deer hunting, it would probably come down to the old thirty out six. Years ago, when I was on staff with uh, with shooting times, Kevin Howard, who then was with uh, Winchester, uh, this many years ago, mm-hmm. Kevin and I, when he set out to shoot as many different things as we could with a with a thirty out six, and and we varied the ammo, you know, based on what Winchester had at, at the time. And one of the things that I learned is that is an extremely good caliber. The beauty of it is, is that no matter where you're hunting in North America or even off coast, if you were, uh, you can find some ammo for it. And you know, to me, that's a consideration when you travel. Or there's not a mom and pop store that I know of that sells ammo that doesn't sell thirty out six. That so is right. Yeah. It's, it's a round that has a great variety in terms of, of bullet styles and bullet weights. So you can find one that your rifle really likes and shoots extremely accurately, and then. You know you're going to be able to find ammo if you if you have to miss a few times or you have to get you know maybe maybe you got your ammo at home and you got to make a quick stop on the way to your hunting area you can stop by some little convenience store and if they sell ammo they're going to have thirty out six ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you this: Hornet ammunition. We got about one minute here before we go to another break. Okay. What is your favorite bullet? The SST. The A. Tell you what, I've been shooting that. And I'll cut you off real quick. As I've been shooting the ELDX Precision Hunter. That is the most accurate, most deadly bullet that I've ever shot. I've shot everything now from uh, from uh, little bitty critters up to you know three, four hundred pound hogs and several whitetails and things mm-hmm. in between. Every one of them has dropped in its tracks and with, of course, decent uh, shot placement. But that ELDX is to me the most accurate and most deadly bullet I've ever shot of any and all of them. Everybody, you're listening to Mr. Whitetail, Mr. Larry Wyshoon, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. The sun ain't up, they ain't down. Welcome we'll back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. And Redbone, we got a special event coming up this weekend. It's a fundraiser here in the Thayer, Missouri area. Yeah, it's a fundraiser for Sela House, which is, as you went and toured it, and I have too, which is a, uh, a shelter for abused women. Mm-hmm. So, and they're needing some money to finish up some remodeling. And Alex, the, the need has come. They're, they're trying to get their license to get open, and they can't until they have heat and air. 
and there's no heat and air in the building. Oh, it's, it's a you know a, a very old hotel where they're building this thing, and there's no heat and air. They need seventeen thousand six hundred dollars. So this Saturday night, and maybe tonight, if some of you're hearing this, uh, there is a a wild game barbecue and fish fry at the uh, Thayer Fun and Friends Senior Citizen Center. Starts at six o'clock. They're going to have uh, multiple. Uh, pulled pork butts that they're doing. They're going to have fish. It's all going to be fresh fish. And they're going to have wild game. Everything from deer to elk and buffalo and, and everything in between. $6 a plate. Now, if you want to you wanna get a plate and give them 20 they'll take it. Or 100 Or 100 or whatever the case may be. Uh, because we need, in the fair area, we, yes, need this, we need this shelter. They've actually had to turn down women just in the last couple of weeks because they can't get licensed to get open without having the heat and air. I want to give a big shout-out to Mr. Jackie Privet. Yeah, one of the driving Jackie. forces behind us. Yeah, he's the driving force behind us. This man, is he, he's got a heart big as this world. Jackie, thank you and your staff for what you're doing in our community. Absolutely. Yeah. But I just wanted to get that in there. Yeah. So. All right, Larry, we, we was talking yeah. about bullets and horny ammunition, and you, and you like the uh, EXLDH, am I right? Well, it's the ELDX, yes. LDX, okay. The, that bullet. Yeah. I've always shot the white toe ammunition, the SSTs. And I love as well. Uh-huh. I love hunting with the 243 too. And uh, you've watched any of my shows. Uh, a lot of the, the the animals I shoot too is bullet placement. But the crack of the gun, right. a lot of them just drop in their tracks. Yeah, they don't even kick. And uh, what's the secret to a good bullet, in your opinion? And and what makes Hornady stand out over these other companies? To me, one of the things to begin with is got to be accurate. I mean, you got to be able to place it where you want to. We're talking about shot placement. Then you've got to get sufficient penetration and have that bullet pretty well stay together to where it does a tremendous amount of shock and tissue damage in a hurt in a big hurry that creates a large wound channel, so that that animal dies very quickly and humanely. And that's one of the things that that Hornady is really good about. I mean, they produce accurate bullets that are deadly and, as they say, accurate, deadly, and dependable. Mm -hmm. They are dependable because once you sight that rifle in, if you do your part, that bullet's going to go where it's supposed to, and uh, it's going to take that animal down very, very quickly. So, I mean, to me, it's it's accuracy, thermal performance, and then that repeatability if you need to put a second shot into one of them. Yeah, what about this new A-tip bullet? We hear a lot of talk on the A-tip, and they're saying it's now the space engineered, and it's the, now the new most accurate bullet ever to be made. What's your thought? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same thing. I have not had a chance to really shoot it yet. The, the thing about it is I really like that precision hunter ammo that I'm using. Oh, I know. <laughs> that, yeah. that it's been difficult for me to, to, to kind of spin off of it. I will be trying it toward the tail end of, of our Texas seasons here. I've got some that I'm just getting now. But uh, I've, knowing what Hornady does in terms of preparation, I'm talking about all the research that they do. And I've had the opportunity to spend time with their engineers in terms of, you know, how they design things and then also looking at what that performance is beyond accuracy when it hits the animal. And uh, they, they spend so much time doing things right. And with the technology that's available to them now and, and some of the things they've developed kind of co with, with the military, uh, with some of our uh, kind of elite stri- uh, sniper guys, uh, I can tell you, I mean, the, the things that they're producing, including the new A-bullet, it's just it's going to be out of this world. Good. It's got to be because it's, it's from Hornady. I mean, what else can you say? That's right. Hornady, in my opinion, I'm not saying because they sponsor us, but it, it is the most lethal bullet, lethal company 
that gives back, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, between Steve and, and uh, Jason, um, his son, yep, Jason, <laughs> and, and, and Neil Davies, uh-huh. all the people involved, they are, they are truly carers of the community, truly carers of our country, and uh, they stand behind their product. And, and I'd, I'd say that whether they were a sponsor or not. I mean, because I've been using Horny for a long, long time, and it just it was always the best there was, and it just keeps getting better. Yeah, I've been I've been in their facilities, I don't know, three or four times, and I've got to go through the assembly lines and watch their process. And let me tell you, they're very anal. If there's one little ding in a bullet, they throw it out, and they remelt it. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, they're, they're very— they I mean, yeah. they're, it's an amazing facility. And if anybody has an opportunity, I mean, of course, they do give tours. So yeah. if anybody finds themselves in that Grand Island area in Nebraska or anywhere close, they need to go by Hornady and, and uh, see how they do things. Yes. Here's a question for you here. we got just a few minutes left here yes, sir. Uh, in this segment. People that's hunting with other people, uh, we got about four minutes here. What advice have you got for people uh, that's taking kids or hunting with their wives? or How can they make their hunts more enjoyable together? To me, one of the things is, is to be patient and to keep that person comfortable. Uh, we're fortunate here in Texas that our temperatures are seldom really ever cold. Uh, it's just like with my grandkids, too, and my, and my daughters. I've got two daughters and four grandsons, one granddaughter. Every one of them hunts. Their first hunt, they shot their deer sitting on my lap after I found out everything that Mama did not want them to have in terms of chicks, chips, <laughs> cookies, what to drink. And uh, so I made that a very special deal. And, and I, one of the things I always remember, too, is that years ago, Eli Haydale had just come out with a grunt call, and I'd be grunting y'all that were sitting there. And, and, you know, finally I'd look down, and my daughter, I could see she's getting a little bit bored, like, Daddy, I really want to do that. So they'd grunt a couple of times. Next thing you know, they're playing a song on the, on a grunt tee. <laughs> Lo and behold, guess what shows up? <laughs> so, I'm going to try know, that Saturday. <laughs> hey, if all else fails, I'm telling you, it has worked for us numerous times. But like I said, be patient. You know, uh, don't don't allow them to set their standards too high. I mean, these days of quality deer management are great, but I have nothing wrong. I see nothing wrong with somebody going out for their first animal or two of shooting a deer that's not that six, seven year old, you know, near Boone and Crockett kind of thing, and and. Uh, or shooting some does and getting a few of those experiences underneath the belt. And if they do that, it'll create a continued interest because I feel so sorry for some of these folks that live way up north that want to take kids hunting. Number one, they are here in Texas. We can take them from the time that they can hold a rifle or as long as they're accompanied by adults and later they need a, a hunter safety card. But we get our youngsters out early and, uh, I think that's the way to do it because if you have to wait until you're 11, 12 years old, there's so many other activities these days in schools that deal around playing games with balls and uh, from baseball to football to soccer. I mean, all those things. And they're, they're all their fun. But once they get into that age class, it's really tough to get them out in the woods. So if you can't get your kids out early and, and if you've got a wife that likes to hunt, and you got an ego, don't ever take her hunting because she's going to shoot you and out-hunt you. Yeah. You know, but other, but other than the ego ego aside, you know, there's nothing better than having your wife or your, or your or husband, whatever the case is, or boyfriend or girlfriend out there with you on a hunt because it makes it even that much more special. I have something to share with everybody here. Uh, first of all, my wife is an awesome shot. And uh, 
she she's one of those persons that goes in before daylight and doesn't leave till dark. She's got a five gallon bucket that she uses for the bathroom, and she takes her lunch and, and her coffee or whatever. She's a serious hunter. And uh, my daughter Mallory Lynn Rutledge is twenty one years old. She texted me yesterday and it about brought me to tears, man. She just wrecked her truck, by the way, two days ago, and it about killed. Oh her. no! Told her to truck out, and you know it's she like okay? yeah, she's okay. Satan's after my family right. big time. But anyway, long story short, she texted said, Dad, if I get my hunter safety course finished online, would you want to hunt again? <laughs> Last time I hunted with my daughter, she killed a 159-inch 10-point. Uh, I, I remember that. What a deer. What yeah, a deer. 14 years old. And, she, and the next year I said, Mary, I've got a, a good buck on trail cam. He's in the 140s. Do you want to go? And she says, Daddy's not bigger than my other buck. I don't want to go. That's the wrong message. Serious, that's the wrong message that these kids should have, try to outdo what they've done. It's okay to have goals, but hunting is more than just who can kill the biggest deer. And that being Amen. said, yeah. Mallory, you're listening. Mallory, if you're listening, I love you, and I'm so proud that you asked to hunt with your daddy again. And I'm looking forward to Saturday morning. Hopefully your mom and me, all three of us, in one of those shooting houses together and uh, just spending time together. Everybody, you're listening I'm, to. I'm, go ahead, Larry. I, I'm just gonna say I'm proud of all three of you. And the last time I saw Mallory, she wasn't 21. <laughs> no, she's probably uh, 10 or 12 years. Old. Remember the time they lost her in Bass Pro? We lost her and had to lock the doors, and it was something, man. And you, she was sitting with. I think I can't remember who she sat with. One of the pros visiting with them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody, don't go away. You're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. Oh, it's a wrap-up. Yeah, this is Oh, wrap we're up, wrapping Alex. it up. Yeah. Oh, all right, this is a wrap-up. Hey, Larry, how can people uh, follow you? They can follow me on Facebook at Larry Wysoon or at Larry Wysoon Outdoors or go to our website, which is www.trailingthehuntersmoon.com and uh, send an email there, and I'll get right back with them. Larry, thank you for being on the show with us. You was a great guest, and we'd love to have you back again. Can we count on you coming back? I'll be mad if I don't get a chance to come back, and God bless you and your family and, and all the hunters that are out there in the field this morning. Yes, sir. Everybody, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. And remember this, when your roots are deep and strong, there is no reason to fear the wind. Have a great and safe weekend, and thank you for listening to us. So you never got to worry what the wind might do, American Roots. Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station.